All right. Any kids who want to come up and join me this morning? We don't have children's church today, which I know you're super sad about, but our activity bags are back. So come on up. We'll have a short little conversation together, and then I'll give you a little bag to go sit back down. Come on up. Circle around. Circle around. Hello. Hi. Oh, Kingston, would you mind picking that cup up for me, bud? Thank you so much. All right. Hey, legend, come on up. Circle up. Come on over. It's okay. We don't buy. It's all good. Oh, are you excited about the bags? <gasps> yeah, I know. Okay, one minute. Okay. All right. So this morning at Fusion, we are finishing our series that we've been talking about. We've been talking about this thing called 168. Has anybody, have you guys been talking about this at home with your moms and dads or anybody? Do you know what 168 means? Do you know? What is it? Do you know what it is? No, that's okay. You just know in your head. That's fine. It's all good. Um, so 168 is the number of hours in the week, right? We have seven days in a week, and there's 24 hours in a day, and there's 168 hours in our week. And so we're finishing up that series today, but I have a question for you all. Is there anything that's coming up soon that you are really excited about? Yeah? You get to go to a wedding. That's very exciting. You're, you're going to go to the pool. That's also very exciting, yeah? Going to dance. Going swimming at your grandma's house, yeah? Yes, going swimming at grandma's house. That's very exciting. I love going to the pool. I get so excited for the pool. That's great. So what do you do when there's something really exciting coming up? What do you do? Anybody do anything? Do you, hmm, what are, what, are, what are some things that you do? Do you ask, is it time yet? Is that something you ask? Yeah, what do you do? Do you have an idea? You go a little fast so it comes sooner. Yeah, you get excited, right? It's hard to wait, right? We have a hard time waiting. What other kinds of things do you do when you're waiting for something exciting? Sometimes we maybe distract ourselves to make time go faster. I feel like I do a lot of like, is it time yet? How about like when it's almost Christmas? Do you like count down the days? Yeah, you're exciting. So today at Fusion, we are talking about uh, what it means to make the most of every opportunity. How do we make the most of the time when we're waiting for the right moment when God has called us to do something? And sometimes it can be hard to wait. Uh, but what we're going to learn today is that our instructions are to pray while we wait, to pray, and then get really excited when the time is right. That's what we got to do. So uh, go ahead. Let's take some bags. You can go sit in your seats and play with your bags. Yes, you can get your sister one. That's a great idea. So thoughtful of you. There you go. Yep. Take them. There's one for everybody. You got enough? Okay, there we go. Awesome. There we are. All right, and then if you all can bring those back when you're done with them at the end of the day, that would be so great because then we can use them again. So bring them back and enjoy while we worship. Okay, let me get situated here for a second. All right. So like I told the kids, we are in our last uh, week of our series called 168. Uh, and if you've been with us for the last three weeks, we've been, we've been spending our time talking about our time. 
So our 168 hours that we get in a week is what we've been talking about uh, and, and what this time means to us and what this time means to God and how we might be called to spend it. And in week one, we kicked off our series by talking about how time was created by God. As he created the heavens and the earth and the night and the day, God created time. And not only that, but God is in the business of redeeming all time. Our time is created by God, and our time matters to God. And God's fingerprints can be seen in all of our time when we're on the lookout for it. And then in week two, we talked about how we are called to commit everything we do to the Lord. We're called to commit our journeys, our path, uh, our path in life to God, uh, to trust God and he will help us, right? That's what Psalm uh, 37 told us. Because when we commit our journeys to the Lord, God is our firm foundation no matter how our journey goes. But in order to commit... It requires that uh, sometimes we have to do something, right? We have to put something in place to make a commitment, or we have to remove some sort of barrier that keeps us from our commitment. And we are called to commit our time to the Lord. And then last week, uh, Pastor Steve, he talked about the temptation to compartmentalize our time. Uh, It's tempting to separate uh, our, our God time, maybe our one hour a week that we come, from ch- come to church, uh, or our 10 minutes in the morning that we do our morning devotional. But if all time is created by God, isn't our entire 168 hours a week God's? And Romans 12 says, take your everyday ordinary life, your sleeping, your eating, your going to work, your walking around life, and place it before God as an offering. Place all of your life before God as an offering. And then you'll be changed from the inside out. So it's tempting to compartmentalize our time to say, this is our God time, this is our other time. But we are called to give all of our time, all of our ordinary, everyday life to God and let God transform us. Now today, we're wrapping up our series with a word from Colossians. So the book of Colossians uh, was written by a man named Paul, more than likely, who is writing uh, from prison to the church of Colossae. And it was a a young church, and and like nearly every church of their day, they had their struggles that they were facing, right? And and, and Paul was writing to encourage them to set the record straight on a few things uh, and, and to help the Colossians grow in their maturity as they follow Christ. And this morning, I want to read uh, the beginning and the end of Paul's letter uh, to the Colossians and see what kind of wisdom a man who was in prison and who had very seemingly small amounts of control over his own time might have to say to us today. So, shall we dig in? So, Colossians chapter 1, this is how Paul starts his letter to the Colossians. He says this, This is a letter from Paul, chosen by the will of God to be an apostle of Christ Jesus from our brother and from our brother Timothy. We are writing to God's holy people in the city of Colossae who are faithful brothers and sisters in Christ. May God our Father give you grace and peace. We always pray for you and we give thanks to God, the Father, our Lord Jesus Christ, for we have heard of your faith in in Christ Jesus and your love for all of God's people 
which come from your confident hope of what God has reserved for you in heaven. You have had this expectation ever since you first heard the truth of the good news. This same good news that came to you is going out all over the world. It is bearing fruit everywhere by changing lives, just as it changed your lives from the day you first heard and understood the truth of God's wonderful grace. So, we have not stopped praying for you since we first heard of you. And we ask God to give you complete knowledge of his will, to give you spiritual wisdom and understanding. And then the way that you live will always honor and please the Lord, and your lives will produce every kind of good fruit. All the while, you will grow as you learn and know God better and better. And we also pray that you will be strengthened with all of his glorious power so that you will have the endurance and the patience you need. May you be filled with joy, always thanking the Father. He has enabled you to share in the inheritance that belongs to his people who live in the light. For he has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his dear son who purchased our freedom and forgave our sins. Isn't that a beautiful way to open a letter? Paul says, we are praying for you always. We have not stopped praying for you. We pray for wisdom and knowledge and understanding. We pray for you to be strengthened. We pray for you to have joy because of this good news, because of the good news that God has rescued you from darkness and forgiven your sins and is transforming your life. And that is something to be joyful about. And he says, we pray all of these things so that the way that you live will always honor God, will produce good fruit, and so that others might know the good news. So Paul says, you know the good news. You're still growing, and we're still praying for your growth, but you've got the foundation. You've got the key, right? You've got the good news. You've got the faith in Christ Jesus, and it's noticeable that it's changing your lives. What good news. Then Paul spends a few chapters in Colossians after this uh, opening encouragement, uh, giving these people uh, some instructions. There's some wisdom, there's some encouragement, there's some correction. And then in chapter 4, as he's closing out his letter, he says these final words of wisdom to the people. He says this, Devote yourselves to prayer with an alert mind and a thankful heart. Pray for us too, and God will give us many opportunities to speak about his mysterious plan concerning Christ. That is why I am here in chains. Pray that I will proclaim this message as clearly as I should. Live wisely amongst those who are outsiders, and catch this, make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation be gracious and attractive so that you will have the right response for everyone. And that is some of Paul's final words of wisdom to the Colossians. So Paul starts his letter to the Colossians by saying, we are praying for you as you grow in your love and knowledge of Christ. And then Paul ends his letter by saying, all right, now it's your turn. Just as we pray for you, I urge you to devote yourselves to in prayer. Pray for us and pray for the message of Christ to be proclaimed. And 
Live wisely amongst those who are outsiders and make the most of every opportunity. Your speech should be gracious and sprinkled with insight so that you might know how to respond to every person. Make the most of every opportunity. This is the word of wisdom that the Colossians get from a man in prison who is spending all of his time in a cell but is still making the most of every opportunity. In our culture, we have a, a lot of ways that we say this kind of the same thing too, right? We say things like, carpe diem, right? Seize the day. It sounds kind of like make the most of opportunity. Or, or the more recent version of carpe diem that millennials have made up is YOLO, right? You only live once, YOLO. Now, I don't know if Gen Z has a version. If they do, I haven't learned it. My youth kids will have to teach me this week. Uh, but Colossians 4 version is make the most of every opportunity. And while all these sayings may seem like they mean the same thing, they all have like a slightly different underlying meaning, right? Because carpe diem means seize the day, live life to the fullest. Don't let a day go by without doing something important. YOLO kind of means the same thing, but it also sometimes means like, I want permission to do something dumb. Like, YOLO, you only live once, let me do something dumb, right? Um, or sometimes it means I already did something dumb, right? YOLO, you only live once. But Paul's phrase, make the most of every opportunity. This phrase that we say in English like that, make the most of every top opportunity, it, it maybe more accurately means redeem the right time. Redeem the right time. So that phrase, redeem the right time, has a sense of urgency to it, right? Another way that you could say it is, is buy up the time. Now, that's not to say that you can buy time, right? Because if we could buy time, I think we all would have done that by now. Because how often do we think, oh, if only I had another hour or another day, we would do it in a heartbeat, right? So this doesn't mean that we can literally buy time. No, that's not what it means. Uh, but to buy the time or to redeem the time means every opportunity must be snapped up like a bargain. It's urgent. Think like Black Friday, right? Like it's coming up before you know it. Black Friday will be here. And I know some of y'all love a good bargain. I'm looking at you in the back there. I know you love a good bargain. And just like people line up, counting down the seconds until the doors open for the Walmart Black Friday TVs. The charge that Paul is putting forth to the Colossians and to us is something that is just as urgent, but it's something that is so much more valuable than a Black Friday deal. Don't delay. Be quick before it's gone. Buy the time. Redeem the time. Make the most of every opportunity. And not just redeem the time as carpe diem or YOLO, do all the crazy things because life is short. But redeem the time by making the most of every opportunity to be examples of God's grace and love and good news to all. Especially those who have not yet experienced that good news for themselves. These are Paul's final words to the Colossians and the final words of wisdom for us as we wrap up this series, uh, 168. 
Devote yourselves to prayer. That's what Paul says. Devote yourselves to prayer. Be alive. And this is what Steve talked about last week. And if you weren't here, I encourage you to go back and listen to it on our podcast or on our Facebook or YouTube. Be alive. Devote yourselves to prayer. Be alive and make the most of every opportunity. Redeem the time. Share and be a witness to the good news so that others might get in on this life transformation that we've been offered. Pray and seize the time. Not just any time, but that kairos time, right? We've been talking about this for a few weeks, this kairos time. Steve introduced it in the first week of our series because there's, there's this chronos time, there's this chi- uh, chronological time, and then there's this kairos time, the time where God has opened up a particular moment where God has made it a moment where we are not to pass it up. Those are the ones we need to seize and to make sure they don't slip away. As I was reading this passage and thinking about what it looks like to follow Paul's instructions, to pray and to redeem the time, I got this distinct memory from my childhood. And I remember I was invited over to my friend's house for the afternoon And we were going over there at, I I don't remember exactly what time it was, but for the sake of this story, let's say four. Uh, And like many parents, I'm sure, have experienced, uh, I was super excited to go, and I had no concept of time. So I probably asked my mom about a thousand times, I'm sure, if it was time to go yet. Is it time now? Is it time now? Is it time now? I was ready, and I didn't want to wait. And I was actively and not so patiently waiting. And finally, after many asks of how much longer, when I couldn't tell time, my mom finally said, okay, we're going in 15 minutes. Well, how long is that? I don't know how long that is. Okay, well, count to 60 15 times. So much to my mother's dismay, I'm sure, I laid in the middle of the living room floor. I distinctly remember this. I laid in the middle of the living room floor, and out loud, I counted to 60 as many times as I could until it was finally time to go. I was determined to count to 60 until the time was right. So what if we were determined to be in prayer, to live a life like we talked about last week, to live with a thankful heart, like Colossians 4.2 says. To devote yourselves to prayer with an alert mind and a thankful heart. As we wait with anticipation to make the most of every opportunity. Every opportunity to share the good news that God has given us. What if that's how we prepare? by praying, by living alive, by having a thankful heart, so when the time is right, we are ready to share. So just as others have and continue to pray for us, right? That's how Paul started his letter. He said, we are praying for you. And there have been people that have prayed for you, right? Just as others have prayed for you to know the good news of God's love, God's transforming work in our lives that we know God's redemption in our darkness and our sin. We too are called to pray for others to experience those things, for others to experience the redemption of darkness and sin in their lives, for others to know the good news. And then we're called to make the most of every opportunity. 
because there is so much good news in following Jesus. There is so much transforming grace and power in our lives when we follow Jesus. And we must seize the day, right? Not to live our best lives, but to make sure that every single person has the chance to live their best lives. Our time is not just for us. Our time is created by God. Our time is redeemed by God. And we get the opportunity to join in the redemptive process, making the most of every opportunity to share the good news. So what does this look like? Well, step one, like we've already talked about this morning, is devote yourself to prayer, right? Are you actively and excitedly praying like a kid that is counting down the seconds? Are you praying like you know it makes a difference? Your prayers get you that much closer and that much more prepared to being ready to make the most of every opportunity. Making the most of every opportunity looks like living wisely. Our scripture this morning says that too. Does your life match the witness you want to share? Does your 168 hours each week depict the good news that you have in your life? And what might God be calling you to adjust? Making the most of every opportunity looks like being ready with gracious speech and wisdom, our scripture tells us. Knowing how to respond to those God moments, right? Those Kairos moments where God is breaking in. Being ready to share the good news in your life with those around you. This might be as simple as bringing your friend along to the college small group. I saw a lot of that this week. That was amazing. That is a way to share the right time, right? To share the good news. Bringing those people along because you know it's a place of life and joy and friendship. And that is the opportunity that we get to share. It might look like being brave enough to tell a coworker that you're praying for them when they're having a hard time. Or if you're really feeling brave, asking if you can pray for them right then in the moment. It might look like sharing kindness with a checker at Walmart or offering to help somebody in the parking lot, even if you're already feeling a little frazzled yourself. The good news is that you don't have to stress. You don't have to force something to happen because Paul says, pray that God will open doors and trust me, he will. If you pray, God will open doors, and you'll know. And then you get the exciting challenge to share the best life-giving news anyone can ever receive. So as we wrap up this series, my prayer has been and continues to be that God is breaking into your time, that God is showing you new ways of living, and that you look at your time differently. We've been passing out these little white bracelets uh, that you may have seen people wearing this morning. Uh, and they say 168 on them. And they're that reminder of God at work in our lives. We've got more on the connection desk if you haven't gotten one already. And I highly encourage you to grab one as you go. And I loved seeing you all wearing them around. And I've talked to a few of you. And you've said, this bracelet has helped me to remember to speak graciously or to delete those passive-aggressive things off my email. <laughs> this bracelet has helped me to remember that God is in my 168. This grace bracelet has helped me to use my time differently. 
And while there's no power in a bracelet, right, it never hurts to have a reminder. But my hope is that this reminder, that this series helps you to think differently about your time. That these themes are more than just something that we talk about in a series. That it's something that actually changes the way that we live and the way that we see our time. That we can know that God has created our time and is in our every single moment. And there's no compartmentalizing our time uh, as some for God and, and some for the rest of us because it's all God's to begin with, right? And God is redeeming our time and God is inviting us to join him in redeeming the time, making the most of every opportunity. To see for ourselves the joy and freedom and security that comes with following God and to help others see that it's possible for their lives too. So 168, I hope that you'll never see a week the same again, because it's not just a number, right? It's so much more. Would you pray with me? Gracious and loving God, the creator of our time, the creator of our lives, we come to you today and we confess that sometimes it is so easy to let time slip away. It is so easy uh, to forget all in the midst of all the busyness that you have created our time and you have called it good and you have called us in our time. You have called us to join you in redeeming the time. In redeeming the time to make the most of every opportunity, to share the good news, to share the life transformation that we know we've experienced in our lives. And we know that you continue to do in our lives when we choose to commit our time to you. God, help us to be brave this week. Help us to be in prayer. And that when we see those doors open, when we see that right time, that we might make the most of every opportunity, that we might be eager to snatch up that moment because it's more important than a bargain that would slip away. God, help us to seize the day, seize the time, make the most of every opportunity. And God, may this week and the coming days be full of those opportunities. We pray this all in your holy name. Amen.